Hey guys, welcome to the Emetophobia podcast. Today I had Emma Lynn on the podcast. Um, we talk about her nursing background and what it's like to um, be a nurse. And she is uh, on her way to becoming a nurse. And uh, it's just one of those jobs that, you know, as uh, being somebody with emetophobia, um, is can be a, definitely a scary thing to think about. So um, I just had her on the show. Uh, we sat down for, it was kind of a shorter episode this time around, um, busy weekend, but um, I'm really glad to have her on the show and have a nice conversation. So hope you guys enjoy the show and uh, let me know what you think down below in the reviews. Appreciate it. much reception where I live so I had to drive drive into town <laughs> oh shit okay no worries no worries yeah I, I uh I'm kind of out of my realm at the moment we had to go into town today to do some stuff so don't even have my headphones and I have kind of shitty internet so we'll see how this all works out but we're gonna make it work all right well if it doesn't we can always just you know reschedule I know sorry about all the rescheduling I'm a busy guy sometimes so <laughs> no you're <laughs> good i've been busy too <laughs> no worries no worries so um if you want to just tell the listeners maybe what your name is and just maybe a little backstory on maybe your metaphobia a little bit of lifestyle what, what what goes on with with you i guess yeah um my name is emmeline um i i don't i don't know that i have like a necessarily like an emetophobia starting story i know a lot of people do um, but I've like, I don't know, I've had it for as long as I can remember. So, you know, my whole life basically. Um, and I know, like, I've talked to my parents a little bit about it and they say, they remember me like being like, you know, two years old, like screaming for them and they didn't know what was up. So I think I was always like an anxious kid. So I don't right. know whether or not that was metaphobia at the time or what it was. Um, cause I was two, but, um, yeah, so I think like probably the first time I can remember um, like clearly dealing with it is uh, my family like went to my grandparents' house um, and stayed probably like the weekend, I think. I don't remember because I was like really young. Um, and uh, that night, like I just woke up and uh, I don't really remember a lot about it, but I, um, you know, like obviously was sick and they took me like to the bathroom and um you know I uh yeah it's just it, it was just a, a memory that wasn't very pleasant um and then like um every time we would go to my grandparents house we would always stay in the same room we would always use the same bathroom um and so I think I remember from that experience that being like my first experience with kind of cognitively knowing that I had developed like a trigger um because I remember the next time we went on a trip I was just like terrified like I associated trips with you know getting sick and I was like oh man like if we go on a trick trip like I'm gonna get sick again so that was I think probably the first really big thing that I remember but like I said I can't specifically remember um developing or having a metaphobia it's just you know always been my life um and then yeah I I had it uh I mean, I always thought like when I was younger that everybody had it just because I, I didn't tend to like 
talk to people a lot about like what I was dealing with, um, which I'm actually like just beginning to learn more about now. Like sometimes I'll make a comment to my mom and she'll be like, that's not normal. And I'll be like, oh, really? Because growing up, I, I always thought it was. And she'll be like, no, like, why didn't you tell us? And I'll tell her because I thought it was normal. Um, but so I definitely never it never occurred to me that I was dealing with anything out of the ordinary or anything strange I thought throwing up was a terrible thing and I thought everybody instinctively knew that it was terrible and you know there was just this collective idea that it was bad um and so not until probably like I went into first grade and you know a kid was like oh you cry when you throw up wow you're such a baby and I was like what I am like not everyone's like this um so yeah, I, yeah. And then I think when I was probably about 12 or 13, my parents were finally like, cause you know, since I've grown up with it, um, they've been with me through it like the whole way. Um, and so when I was about 12 or 13, my parents were like, okay, like we need to figure out what's going on. They had thought it was a phase, but like, you know, it was a 13 year long phase at that point. So they looked it up and they like called me into their room one day and they were like, Hey, so we looked it up and we think you might have like this phobia. And I felt really weird about it because I thought like, oh, a mental health diagnosis is something that like happens to like people who have issues. And I didn't really feel like I had any issues. So it was um, definitely weird for me. Um, and yeah, and then it just like got progressively worse, like into uh, like my mid teen years. I was just like, I don't know. I, I, I like my emetophobia got worse. I felt worse about myself as a person and just like, went through a really bad time and then um yeah like now like I'm I'm 20 now like coming out of my teen years and into my 20s has been like much easier <laughs> which I'm very grateful for I don't know that probably has something to do with the fact that like when you're a teenager you just have like a ton of like hormones and your brain isn't all the way developed and you're already going through a ton so I'm I'm very glad to be coming out of that <laughs> but yeah so that's pretty much no, I, I appreciate the story. I really do. Um, I want to ask you, when your parents found out about it, did they try to send you to counseling or anything? Did you ever see a counselor about this? Uh, yeah, they did, actually. I, um, I had a habit when I was uh, younger because, like, nighttime was always, like, the worst time for me. It was the time where, like, my brain, you know, had the most time to just be worried about everything. And I was always terrified because there's just no control in sleeping. I felt like if I fell asleep, I had no control of if I just woke up, you know, being sick. Um, so I was always terrified to go to sleep. I could never go to sleep. And I always felt like I must be getting sick. So I would run to my parents' room a lot and be like, can you feel my forehead? Do I feel hot? Do I look sick? Like, you know, can you get a thermometer out? Can you, you know? Um, and I mean, like, I feel so bad for them because they were just trying to get a good night's sleep. Um, so they eventually were like, when I was probably about 10, they were like, hey, you know, they tried to like gently break it to me, but they were like, hey, we just thought about, you know, maybe uh, you could go see someone. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, like a doctor kind of, you know? Um, and uh, I just felt super weird about it. I'd never um, uh, at that point, like been exposed to anybody else who had gone to therapy or anything. Like I was 10 years old and like, I, I don't know, I, probably still had the idea that like once you're an adult everything's fine and so I I thought like people who went to therapy were like really messed up people and I was like no like why would you even consider that like you think something's wrong with me and I just flew off the handle I was like no I'm not going and so uh 
I, I think they didn't bring it up again for a while after that. Like every now and then they'd kind of hint at it, but I was so resistant to it. They were like, okay, like, you know. Um, and then uh, they ended up researching like different ways of like helping me. And then they ended up finding like the Thrive program. I don't know if you are familiar with that, but it's like um, this guy who like specifically made this program specifically for emetophobia. And I'm sure it's great. Like I've heard testimonials that it's like, been amazing for people but I was like you know 13 or 14 and you know like obviously you know <laughs> I was like so against it because my parents had already you know said like well let's do counseling and that didn't work like they just got the program and tried to do it with me and I was like not having it and so it didn't work out just because I wasn't like willing to cooperate and um, so yeah uh, I there was a lot of experiences where they tried to get me into therapy and I just like kind of blew them off and then um I was about probably like 15 or something and I had a friend who had told me that she went to therapy and I was like oh really um and I think like that really made me think like wow like she's a normal person and she goes to therapy like therapy might not be so bad um but at that point my parents had kind of like committed to like you're gonna do the thrive program it's like it's gonna help you like we want you to do it so by that point, I went to them about going to therapy and they were a little more resistant to it because they were like, well, we have this program, like, why don't, why don't you do this? And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to go to therapy. I, I don't know. I was probably just like a, like an angsty teenager who was like, oh, I, I have to, you know, go against my parents. I don't know. And so, yeah, it was just some, like battle of like different things. And then I went to a therapist. Um, but my family ended up moving like a couple months after. So I did only a couple sessions with her and she was really nice actually. Um, and then uh, after like my family moved, uh, we ended up finding someone who specialized in the Thrive program. And uh, I talked with her for a bit, but then she like, I don't know, had a surgery or got sick or something. And so she had to, you know, she was like, you know, I hope you can find somebody else, but then it just never really picked up again. Um, and then for a while, like I didn't do any therapy. I was just kind of like living my life or whatever. Um, and yeah, and then um, just this last year, well, yeah. So last year um, I decided to use like the university counseling um, just cause like I wasn't in a really bad place but I was like, you know, I'm going through a life transition. Like I'm in college, you know it would be nice to just have counseling there. Um, and I did that for a little bit and it was great but then like I went on like winter break and the guy was um I got back from break and like emailed them and everything and um nobody ever like emailed me back or anything so I was like oh okay um and then I, I wasn't really in a bad spot anyway so I didn't really pursue it um but then this year like I have I have a friend and she's um uh she's like doing life coaching so I was like yeah like I'll do that and I uh, have just been doing that with her and it's nice because like, you know, I know her and just keeps me sort of on track, but um, I don't think at this point I really needed like intensive therapy. So it's just nice to have that um, there, but yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I, uh, I always ask about therapy because everybody kind of takes a different approach to it. I have th heard of the Thrive program. It's something that um, I kind of wanted to try out at one point, but it's just like, uh, for me personally, I went with the exposure therapy side of things and just more changing my mindset and the way I thought about things. That was the best thing for me. I don't really know how Thrive works, never used it, but I've also heard good testimonies. Um, let's talk a little bit about your job. Um, I know we had talked a little bit about it 
the last time we had talked on Instagram, and I just wanted to kind of uh, touch on that a little bit. And um, first off, what what line of work are you going into? I'm sorry. Uh, nursing. I'm going into nursing. <laughs> nurse. So to be a nurse, what does uh, that entail as far as emetophobia and being a nurse? Let's let's touch on that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, there's not a whole lot of people, well, in my life that know that I have emotophobia, but the ones that do, or the ones that find out, like, um, pretty much all are like, hey, like, you, you know, you know what you're gonna have to deal with, right? Um, uh, and it's kind of funny, because I just have to be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I, I did this knowingly, you know, it's not like, it's not like you're the first person, like, to bring this to my attention, like, oh my goodness, maybe I should switch my career. Thank you so much for letting me know. Um, but it is interesting. I was nervous about it going into it, thinking that there would probably be a lot of triggers. But I also um, just, um, I remember being like 15 and uh, like trying to look into my future, like trying to see, like, I, I was like 15 and like everything was happening in my life at that point. And I was just like, um, you know, thinking about my future. And I just didn't think I really had a future because like, no matter what job area I saw myself going into, I just couldn't imagine doing that with emetophobia, you know, um, which is funny because you wouldn't think like, um, like a person with emetophobia might not think that um, it would like play such a big role in every job ever. But like, I was like, I can't work in a restaurant that's around food, like people would probably get sick off of it at some point. I can't, be a flight attendant, people would throw up on a plane. I can't, you know, be a nurse because obviously that's with sick people. I can't be a teacher. I had wanted for a long time to be a teacher. And I was like, I can't be a teacher because kids are germy, um, you know? And so like, it was like every job ever that I thought of was triggering to me. Um, and so I think like going into nursing isn't so much like me choosing a specific field that will really trigger me. I think it's more of like any job field will trigger me if I want to be a nurse, I may as well go into it because, um, you know, like at the end of the day, I really don't want to be making decisions based on emetophobia anymore. Cause I feel like a big portion of my life has been largely dictated by it. So, um, I'm really excited going into it. There have been times where, you know, I've been nervous and I've had to just kind of like calm down and be like, okay, like this is fine. Um, and now like we're going into clinicals. So we're dealing with actual patients and that is a lot more nerve wracking. But at the end of the day, like, um, it's very fulfilling for me because I feel like I'm helping other people and also just kind of like, you know, it's a sort of informal exposure therapy, if you will. So, yeah. No, that's a big one. And I was just going to say that too. Um, I work in the cleaning field. So I'm a janitor, a night janitor at some uh, bigger commercial buildings. And a lot of times, like I have to reach directly into a trash can or like change a lot of trashes and bathrooms and things. And luckily I've never walked into a bathroom that's had anything, you know, gross in it like that, but it's always in the back of my mind thinking like, what if I walk in and, and you know, somebody just got sick in the trash and I have to deal with that now. So it's always just there. And I, I get that about every job you go into, because I've also worked in the food world where people have, have gotten sick while I'm working and it gets very just like hectic and everyone's like, we got to go clean it up now. It's out there. And I'm like, I'm not going to even think about going out there, man, like at all. So, um, so I, I definitely think more power to you. Definitely do this job if it's something that you really love. And I think it's going to work out for you in the end, regardless, because um, like you said, we can't dictate our life choices on our metaphobia. That's just never a good way to do it because we're always just going to say no at that point because everything's going to be scary. And the more you push past that, 
and uh, show yourself that you can do it, the better your life is going to be and, and the more you know, strong you're going to be when you make those decisions. Um, I wanted to kind of talk on, uh, you, you talked about your, your uh, family a little bit and how they were supportive for the emetophobia and helped you out with that. Um, as far as friends go, um, what happens when you talk to your friends about it? What do they say to you? Um, just kind of the run around on, on how do your friends deal with you and your emetophobia? Yeah, um, uh, I think it really depends on the person or the relationship I have with them. I, I'm kind of introverted, so it takes me a while to like warm up to somebody and like get to know them. Um, so usually the friends that I do open up to, I'm very close friends with and they're um, very supportive. But um, I have like, you know, just in the last couple of years, um, like when I was younger, it used to be like this big thing that I had to keep from everybody. And now it's just more like, I mean, it's just a part of my life, really, you know, and so I can. I can casually talk about it more. And so a lot more people have known about it. And I think, you know, I've gotten the standard responses of like, oh, well, do you feel sick? Because like, if you don't, then you're fine. Or like, oh, um, <laughs> I had one person say, uh, I love you, but I'm going to be brutally honest. That's a really dumb fear. And I was like, okay, I mean, like, fair enough. But, um, you know, maybe that was a little too brutally honest. Um, uh, and then, you know, just the stereotypical, like, oh, yeah, no, everybody hates throwing up, honestly, like, it's not even a big deal. And I'm like, you know, I, I've tried to explain it before, you know, where I've been like, well, yeah, but like, you know, it affects like my everyday life. And they're like, okay, but like, people aren't just vomiting around you all the time, right? So like, you know, like, I can imagine that when somebody throws up, that's probably a little hard, but I don't like it when people throw up around me either. So, you know, like, um, so yeah, I think it really just depends on the person. I think there are certain people that are able to be a little bit more empathetic um, in that regard, but I have had really supportive friends. I think one thing for me is that when I was younger, I, um, I relied like solely on outer confirmation that I wasn't gonna be sick or that everything was gonna be okay. So it meant every time I was anxious, I had to call someone, I had to text someone. And when I was really little, that was my parents. And then I got a phone and my poor friends, I was calling them all the time. I was texting them all the time. It was really toxic. Like I was a really toxic person. Um, and so I think now, like looking back on that, I feel so bad. And I've apologized to hopefully all of the friends that that affected um, or tried to anyways and been like, hey, I'm so sorry. Um, and tried to distance myself from doing that as much. So it is a little bit um harder for me now to talk to people about it um, just because I'm trying to balance out like you know what's a healthy relationship with a friend just opening up versus like just you know texting them all the time and like you know um, every time I feel anxious um, but I I do have like very supportive friends and like I'm super grateful for them I I've been really lucky with both friends and family um, so, you know, I, I think I was probably always the toxic person and I don't think I've really ever had friends who were, uh, who negatively impacted me. So it was, it was really great. Sure. No, that's good to hear. Um, I know that when I was growing up, I didn't have a ton of friends who understood anything about this. And I lost actually a lot of my friends because of this, because I've shut myself up from everybody. I was the guy that wanted to just be secluded, be by myself. I don't want anybody to have to deal with this like I have to. So I just said, I'm going to go be in my room, play video games, not talk to anybody for weeks, like terrible sleeping schedule. Don't really care, like whatever. And so now that I finally have like somewhat of a support group, 
um, and especially with this podcast and with the Instagram page, and everything else, it's just gotten progressively better being able to talk about it, have more people that understand what's going on. And in uh, my everyday life, when like my girlfriend, for instance, is very supportive. So when we go out and like, if I put a mint in my mouth or something, she's like, you good? Everything okay? Like, it's just one of those, like knowing that somebody at least cares a little bit to say like, you know, you know what I'm going through right now. It's cool. So it's just nice to have some support. Um, I wanted to touch on, um, some coping mechanisms that you've uh, gathered across the years of just what do you what do you do to deal with your emetophobia on a day to day? Also, um, how how much does your emetophobia affect you nowadays? Is it still pretty um, strong or has it gotten better over the years? It's definitely gotten better over the years. I um, I dealt with it a lot for a long time. I still deal with it a lot, but not to the same degree that I did. Um, uh, I think when I was probably about 17, I had this experience where like one of my friends got sick and it was like, so like I was having so much anxiety, like on the verge of a panic attack. But at the same time, like she was one of my really good friends and I felt like I needed to like, you know, like take care of her. Like we were staying in her house and I didn't like, there was nobody else there. And um, so it was kind of like, you know, my friend instinct and my emetophobia were kind of like battling it out. And I remember like, having to like you know just be like hey are you okay to be around her to be near her it was um definitely very terrifying for me but I remember I got home later that night and I was in my bed and usually like I would have probably stayed up the entire night because I was like you know like I can't go to sleep after this and I was so exhausted from being like so you know on edge all day long and I I just had this moment where I was like so mad and I was like I'm done with this like this is ridiculous I'm already exhausted and I can't even go to sleep like that's ridiculous and so I kind of just was like forget it and then I like went to bed and the next morning I was like oh I didn't know I could do that like I didn't know I could just you know not pay attention or well or like not do what my metaphobia wants me to do and so I think after that um it was kind of like a turning point for me where I realized like it's okay to be really terrified and not give in to that um and so it got a lot better after that point and I think now like that's where I'm at um and I still have moments but uh I think it used to be like every moment of my life was a metaphobia like even if I wasn't having a panic attack I had like all this background anxiety um and I think now it's more where I just have those moments um and I don't really have like um like anxiety all the time like I used to think it was always in my brain and now it's like you know, maybe I'll see like a splatter on the ground and be like, oh my goodness, what is that? And then I'll be like, okay, it's, it's ice water. Somebody dropped their drink, you know, and I can move on with my day versus like thinking about it all day long. So um, yeah, I, I think like that's been really great for me. Um, and yeah, but I think it really depends on like, you know, the day or week, like this past couple weeks uh, have been like really triggering for me, like so out of the blue, I was like dealing with finals. And then um, I had a friend like, get sick and she wasn't actually sick she just had like taken meds without like you know eating beforehand and um uh and then somebody actually got sick with like an actual like bug and I like freaked out because like it's so much worse for me I, probably for everybody if it's like you know an actual bug because I'm like oh my goodness I could catch it um and so it's been like probably about a week since then and I think I'm like good now um but just like so much stuff has randomly happened that I've definitely had a spike in anxiety but um, uh, honestly, like coming out of it, like, I feel like I handled it well. I feel like, you know, I still had a good week regardless, you know, even though I had more anxiety. So 
I think it's become a lot easier to deal with uh, emetophobia and that's like really nice <laughs> for me. What about uh, some coping skills that you've picked up over the years? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, like I've heard a lot of people mention and for me, like that was never a thing. And it's very surprising that everybody has gone to that. I think for me, I would just like cut out any food or any chewing, like anything in my mouth at all. Cause um, I just, it would like make me think about um, like one big thing for, for me, like when I was younger is that like, when you're sick, sometimes food can make you feel more sick. And so I would just avoid food at all costs because I didn't want to know whether or not I was sick. And so I didn't want to like have food and feel sick and be like, well, that means I'm sick. So um, yeah, I think just like avoiding food um, is definitely a big one that I've been like, you know, trying to get back on track with because like, you know, that's, that's not a great thing to do. You can uh, lose, <laughs> lose a lot of weight that way and it's not healthy. Um, but now I think I have like a lot more healthy coping mechanisms. I think as far as like, if I'm really anxious and I can't just like push it out of my mind, I'll probably just like watch a movie. Um, something that I have been doing like more recently, like in the past, like maybe couple years is um, like, if I'm feeling anxious, I do the opposite of what I feel like doing. So like when I'm anxious, I usually feel like sitting in my bed, like that's like my safe place, you know, and I like sitting there and just like watching a movie or something. Um, but then like, you know, the movie's over and I'm still anxious. And so what I've been doing is like just hanging out with friends or like, you know, going, like I, I live in a dorm on my college campus. So like going to the library and studying, like getting outside of my room. Cause I think doing that is just like getting away from the place where I'm feeling anxious and like, you know, putting my mind on something else. And that's like been really helpful, which is very counterintuitive for me. Cause I just want to like close up, but so, yeah. No, that's actually huge. It's called being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that's when I went into counseling, like uh, my counselor used to tell me, uh, so when you're, when you're hot, try to be cold. When you're cold, try to be hot type thing where it's just like, never try to sit and be comfortable with it because then you get comfortable with the feeling of being anxious all the time. And then you're just like, I'm just in my bed all cuddled up and warm and anxious. And this is how my life is. But like you said, if you just get up and like, I'm just going to go for a walk then instead, eventually your body starts to, to learn that like, when I'm anxious, I need to do the things that make me uncomfortable so that when I do them, I am just more comfortable in those, in those situations. And, uh, it's, that was something that I had to learn kind of the hard way. Cause I, I dropped out of high school. I uh, stayed in my house for an entire year. Didn't leave at all. Like maybe once every two weeks, I go to the gas station with my mom or something and do something like other than that, I was in my room playing video games away in my computer all day and night, trying to just get away from this. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse because I was getting more comfortable with just being in the shit all the time. You know what I mean? And that was just, it was so negative. I think a lot of us do that. We just try to get comfortable with being so anxious all the time and we got to just stop. Um, so we got about two or three minutes left. I'm trying to keep this one a little short today. I got a couple things I got to do after this. So, um, if there's any closing remarks or anything you want to let the listeners know about and uh, uh, just anything you want to say before we go. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't really have a whole lot to say. I mean, I really like what you said, you know, just being comfortable with the uncomfortable, getting outside of the, uh, you know, anxious moment. I feel like for me, like a lot of the times, like doing exactly what the anxiety is telling you not to do just kind of overrides it almost. It's like, Oh, I did that. You know, like, here I am. Um, so yeah, I think that was, I think what you said was great, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking today. I really do.
um, we'll have to definitely do a part two and we're, we're not so busy <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I know. Um, do you want to get crazy lately? Do you want to give everybody your uh, Instagram and where people can find you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so my Instagram is uh, Emmy Grace Logan. That's just like how it sounds. E-M-M-Y-G-R-A-C-L-O-G-A-N. Uh, um, and I'm private um, and I don't usually like, you know, like accept all requests from people I don't know. But like if you message me, like that's totally fine and we can have a conversation, um, you know, and whatever. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, I'll, I'll get at you again. If, if uh, we get some more free time, we can do another one of these for sure. All right. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Have a good day. You too. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can find her over on Instagram at Emmy Grace Logan. That's E-M-M-Y-G-R-A-C-E-L-O-G-A-N. Um, like she said in the podcast, her account is on private. So let's keep it to um, specifically a metaphobia related things. Um, but yeah, I really, really appreciate having her on the, the show. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one, guys.